Hello and welcome to this week's GG Weekend Watch, where we have a really exciting one for you this week. So many star performers making their seasonal debut. There really are top quality horses everywhere you look. And we're going to be looking at the action at Haydock and Ascot. We'll be doing so in the company of Andrew Mount and Rob Plumbridge, who is replacing Daryl Carter this week, who is down at Wing Canton. So, of course, Rob is a very able deputy as we know, and the results of the lads spoke for themselves last weekend because they had yet another solid time of things because Scriptwriter won at 4-1 to one for Daryl and Knight and Lambourn at 5-1, to one, one for Andrew. Bambridge, 11-8, to eight, won as Daryl's nap. Soul Pretender at 9-1, to one, though, did place for Andrew in the same race. Judicial, 5-1, to one, placed second for Daryl and Exalted Angel, 8-1, to one, finished third for Andrew. Herovian, 6-1, to one, placed for Andrew and Borbali. 16 to 1 on the SP. I was a bit missed about that. Place for Kate. Did tip him off at 40 to 1 though, but anyway, I'll still take it all the same anyway. As long as I can hang on to the lads' coattails, I do not mind, but more like that this week then. Please, and we must kick off because we have so much to look forward to. And we begin with a graduation chase at Haydock at 150. This race for four year olds and over, over two mark five and a half furlongs. Just four runners here. Hitman is the short price favourite at 8-13, to 13, but can he finally get his head back in front, please, Rob? Yeah, under a bit of pressure, yeah, ever since Daryl's had his haircut, he's absolutely flying, <laughs> isn't he? Banging it's him. like the opposite of Samson, isn't he? Yeah. Like he loses his hair and gains power. Unbelievable. Um, I might try it. Um, <laughs> can Hitman get beat? Yeah, I think he can get beat. Um, he should win this on all sort of ratings and uh, and all that sort of stuff he, he really should win he's had a prep run as well gets his ground that he's happy on so everything's in place but there's a lot of twos and threes next to his name um and i think in some of those races sort of picked up the pieces um and 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 bagged a second or a third and um i'm actually going to take him on with manella drama here um who i think it's a really honest one from from don mccain um, he's running some high companies running grade ones and equipping himself well and crucially, he's won a grade two here at this level. And Nadox not to everyone's liking, and um, not as a place or a race course. Um, and I would like, I, I'd like to think that he can go well here. Um, back at that course, um, he's, he's he's one and two uh, at Haydock. Um, he had a really respectable prep run as well, so he'll be nice and fit and firing. Um, and yeah, he'll do for me at around five to one to uh, take on the favourite. Yeah, like it a lot then. Five to one back in the course he's previously won at to take on the four to seven fab at the head of the market for Rob. Andrew, how do you play it? Yeah, I've got to take on Hitman because he's Hitman and um, he's won once from his last nine starts. What was he seven to one on or something like that for that round? And I know he only just got chinned last time, but there's perhaps something not quite right in between the ears there. And, uh, mm. you know, if, if you know, he's probably going to finish second again, you would have thought, but... I'd take Manella Drama as well. I think he's best left-handed. He's only won once from five starts going the other way around. He's had eight runs left-handed, four wins, four seconds. Um, you know, he's in a, a grade a, a little below what he normally races in, as Rob was talking about. This is a grade two graduation chase. Itchy feet. This is an incredible horse. He's probably the worst grade one chase winner you've ever seen. You know, <laughs> yeah. What he's done subsequently since that novice success at Sandown in 2020. Uh, every time uh, my um, former radio colleague Ken Pitterson mentions him, he says he's small, he should go back over hurdles. And he's had a wind operation, but he just has, hasn't got the size and scope for chasing, despite that small field win. I don't think these fences, these portable fences will be ideal for him. I think he'll be in trouble. 
So I, I thought there were two possible winners, uh, Manella Drama and Earn River. I mean, Earn River um, tipped up um, at entry, didn't he, in grade one company behind... Um, um, Mills Bank. Um, and then last time out, he's got to Sandown again. Another one who's probably not best going right-handed. And you, you look at his form since his rules debut when he's gone left left-handed. First, 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 first fell in the Grade One when um, you know still in with a chance. So um, you know maybe the bet would be to back both of those two. Dutch the the two. Maybe do two straight forecasts: uh, Manila Drama and Earn River to beat Hitman into second. Uh, but I prefer Manila drama just over Earn River, but I think it's between the pair. Yeah, I'm happy that the pair of you two are thinking along the same lines because I was also very keen to take on Hitman. He always is a horse on a take on. Yeah, people still seem to want to side with him and still give him the excuses. I mean, his second last time out, they were saying, well, yes, but he was giving lumps of weight away and he blew up and he uh, didn't quite get there. Or, or he was next, next, next time someone tells you that, ask them how much money they've had on. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's, it's like all these people are saying John Bond's too short, two to one for the arc. Or you say, well, how much have you laid? And yeah. uh, yeah, because, oh, you can go into Betfair and lay nine to four now if you like. You're going to do that, or you're going to you're going to lay me you know, some five to two, and uh, they go very quiet then. So uh, exactly, yeah, yeah. money where your mouth is. Try and back it up. Yeah, back it up with hard cash. Exactly, where 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 the money is. Exactly. So how much have you actually had on Hitman then to still be siding with him, and therefore how much more are you going to continue to have on him? So I am not. I haven't ever had money on him, and I I I'm delighted I haven't to be honest because he's also yeah, because you're not on. insane. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's it. Well, I don't know now. I don't know. That's very disputable. <laughs> but I'm also taking him on with Earn River, though. I'm going a, a different direction to a pair of you two, going Earn River and with the left handed angle. Because as you say, apart from when he went to Kelso, then making his rules debut, he is unbeaten left handed apart from that fall at Aintree. And when we saw him at Sandown last time out, he was jumping out to his left. So much happier, hopefully. Back on a left-handed track, Haley Dock should really suit him. And yeah, when he tipped up at Aintree, first try then in grade one company, it was just a, an obviously mistake there. And, and he was banging contention still up until that point anyway. And it was early enough to see how it was going to unfold. So yeah, Earned River then for me, the pair of beauty with Manella Drama. Right, we head to Ascot now for the grade two. Chanel Farmer, 1965 chase, four four-year-olds and over, over two mile five at 2.05. We get to see Lompress or Lompresse back out again, but he is another short price favourite. Hitman has also been declared for here, as well as Haydock. Do just watch out for that. But Andrew, can Venetia Williams break this winless streak with this lad? Um, yeah, what's what's her record now? Looking at this, naught from twenty three uh, in the past fortnight. She, she's not had a great deal of those who sort of um, been favourite. I think um, four of them. So um, yeah, maybe it's a bit too early to say that. Yeah, the yards out of four. There's a problem with it. Uh, tricky race this one because we know Lompress likes going left handed, but when he runs right handed, he jumps out to his left, but still wins doing handsprings. So uh, he'll probably do that again here. If this were, race were a little bit deeper, I might think, hmm, you know, not for me. Even, you know, I'm still thinking, well, he did get slammed last time out and he does keep jumping out to his left, um, you know, on right-handed tracks. Hitman, we've talked about um, regarding the Haydock race. St. Calvados needs good ground. Um, won't get it here by the looks of it. So, uh, you know, he, he came back to form in the spring, but whether he can do it on this sort of ground first time out remains to be seen. Cool Cody, Cool Cody um, was sort of 
attracted a bit of support, didn't he, for the Paddy Power Gold Cup last week. Made a mistake at the fourth and knocked the stuffing out of him. So this is an afterthought, obviously. Um, but you know, not beyond the realms of possibility that he can sort of plod round into a place, although he's yet to race here in his long career. So uh, the fact that he's avoided the place maybe think, makes me think connections um, you know, would rather run him, run him the other way around. The, the interesting one is do your job. Um, obviously, he's... Um, um, so he's doubly declared. Is he doubly declared? No, he's just um, just got the one entry here. But again, he's had wind surgery since disappointment on his comeback. He's a horse who, you know, generally finishes first or second in his race. He's got particularly well when fresh, particularly well early season. Returned from wind surgery last year to win on his comeback. I mean, I put him up as a better thing last time behind riders on the storm and hit man at entry. He's run an absolute shocker. You know, he was about nine or two into five to two favourite, and you know, finished. 21 lengths back. Draw a line through that, and he probably doesn't deserve to be a bigger price as he is. So I'll go do your job. Um, cool, do your job. Just for the sake of taking on long press. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> just for the sake of that, then. Yeah, I mean, he is declared tomorrow, isn't that the 18th, then? Um, yeah, tomorrow at Ascot, but also oh, right, then right, yeah. for this. So, yeah, no, you are correct that he is doubly declared, but like I say, if he chooses to take in this instead then 20 to 1 looks a very fair price about do your job for this race and a good way to play it for andrew rob what are your thoughts yeah i kind of wanted to take him on but just i was really struggling with what with i mean hitman's going to come out um yeah that venetia form is a tad worrying i just think they want i just think a lot of them just want to run and then you'll start seeing a fire in the winners when a bit more rain starts settling in because we've had such a dry summer that i think a few of the few of them probably want a bit of deeper ground, which are just going to start to get as we get into winter. Um, I'm probably not going to have much of a play in this, but I was very tempted to have a little dabble on St. Calvados, especially with David Maxwell in the saddle. Yes, um, well. super David Maxwell. Yeah, um, uh, purely because his, his record fresh is really, really good. Um, I think he was fresh last time uh, in the King George where he was third. That was on soft ground. And then he's had a couple of wins as well early in his career um, going fresh. So for a lack of a better idea, really, um, <laughs> lack of a better idea, I'll have a, a, a very small play on St. Calvados just to win, straight win, just in case Long Press fails, fails to fire. Yeah, yeah, fails to fire first time up. Then eight to one about St. Calvados. Absolute scenes again. Then if uh, if David Maxwell was in the winners' enclosure after basically, it, by the sounds of it, having his arm forced then to buy these three ex Andrew Brooke horses and for Paul Nichols, that he couldn't possibly have let them go. So uh, oh, sorry, yeah, just, sorry to interrupt. Just go back to Venetia. Last yeah. thirty days, um, not from twenty five. Now the mm -hmm. betting suggests she should have had four and a half winners from those twenty five horses. So that would seem to be statistically significant. Um, so, yeah, maybe there is something in it. And like you say, perhaps not being able to get as much work into them as um, hoped at home, uh, given the dry conditions. And uh, we just haven't had the uh, soft conditions at the track yet, except at market raising today, by the looks of it. Yeah, and they carry on, I think. Yeah, so, um, yeah, but uh, but like you say, we know that we associate soft conditions with the yard and maybe they haven't been able to to get them out then and working as they would have liked at home because of the conditions. So, yeah, there is actually behind behind that then potentially some stats that do back up um, the form or lack of at the minute. But we do have a more competitive race now at Haydock with the Stayers Handicap Hurdle. This is a premier handicap for four-year-olds and over over three miles at 2.25. And again, sorry, lads, I'm going to kick us off here because I'm being very unoriginal because I am mm -hmm. looking at the head of the market with 
uh, run for Oscar. He is currently the four to one favourite, but I just think this is going to be another English prize that Charles Burns is going to go back to Ireland with, to be honest. And a uh, run for Oscar, obviously, he hacked up effectively in this era, which when last seen back over obstacles here, won a Haydock on his penultimate start, though. On the flat, he is a hold-up former where I don't really see much pace in this race, admittedly, but this race has gone to those held up, though, in recent years, which I'm expecting from Run for Oscar yet again. Running off that sweet spot mark of 147 as well, seen to winning effect in two of the last five years, and he has the handy addition of Daniel King's five-pound claim off of his back as well. So it's Run for Oscar for me, Rob. Who do you like? Yeah, we'll put you off that. Um, just a double-figure rise of a hurdles to contend with, which slightly put me off at his price, but I mm. could certainly see him hacking up here. Um, but I'm going to go for one each way. Massive price. The old boy, Holstone. 33-1. Uh, Ran a really, really good race last time over an inadequate trip on seasonal reappearance. He was second to good risk at all. He's 7-1, to one, third favourite. That rival's got to go significantly up in trip, though. Um, but I just think he's a massive price. I think the more rain, the better for him, obviously. Um, mm. But he's won a grade two here um, at this distance. Only last year, that was that was by thirteen lengths. That was on heavy, so he clearly, you know, he does need he does need that um, need that rain to come. But I thought thirty three to one. I thought that'll do that'll do for me. He stays all day, and um, if the fire's still burning, I think. Um, I think if you can get some enhanced places, which I think you will do in this race at the likes of Skybet, um, sort of five or six places, then um, yeah, he, he'd be one for me each way, please. Oh, definitely. 33 to 1 about the old boy hole. So I always refer to this horse as a tractor because that's just the action he has through heavy crowd. Mm. He literally just plows through it doesn't he how how great would that be to see as long as that's uh he, he's recovered enough from that reappearance run then for Holstein 33 to 1 for Rob Andrew who do you like um yeah Holstein was on my shortlist uh, I put him up in this a couple of years ago when uh, he uh, ran behind Roxana in that Weatherby's mares um sorry not Weatherby's mares race Weatherby hurdle on reappearance when he raced in the swamp on the inside rail and, and he fell in the race um I don't think he was beaten at the time. He'd just been headed, but I thought he was kind of battling on and might have been placed maybe even one. Um, so, uh, yeah, I see where Rob's coming from with that and uh, uh, certainly wouldn't put you off. Pace-wise, I mean, one of my other shortlists is Botox Has is likely to be, be up there. Now, um, Botox Has run an absolute blinder in that um, per-temps qualifier at Cheltenham last time behind the gambled on Charles Burns runner's shoot first. And um, you, you look at that, the winner, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, they've all come from midfield or further back. Um, now, Botox has was up with the pace, racing in second, took, uh, took up the running fairly early, got beaten two lengths, beat the next prominent racer by a massive 42 lengths. That was a horse back in ninth. So I thought that was a, a run worthy of a massive upgrade. Um, like, like you say, since they changed this from a fixed brush hurdle to conventional hurdle race, Whereas it used to be a front runner's benefit, it now seems to have gone um, the way of hold up horses. We're only dealing with five races though. Sam Spinner did make all and one point by about 13 or 14 lengths, whatever it was. But then he was running off 139. He won the grade one long walk hurdle next time out. So he's clearly well handicapped. Um, I mean, the last few years we've had big fields, quite a few front runners. Perhaps the ground's a bit softer on the inside and the winners have tend to come late wide around the outside. So maybe we'll get some clues in the earlier hurdle races. Um, another angle as well is that those who ran in a non-handicap last time out, as sort of north from 22 in the past five years, and it's generally helped to um, have also have a, a, a one or two next to your name. 
Um, the last five winners have been um, first or second in their prep run, all ran in a handicap, all had a run in the last six weeks. Um, that throws up, that threw up 22 qualifiers over five years, five winners, all five winners in that period for a profit of £31.50. So um, that's certainly good news for uh, Holstone and uh, Rob's pick as well. Um, I mean, I, I, I was struggling with it a little bit. What I was quite interested in was Wakul, which is where I'm going to nail my colours to, uh, for Nick Alexander. It seems to have taken off since the cheek pieces were added. Uh, he's had 10 runs in cheek pieces, five wins, five places. Um, back to winning ways at air last time out on his reappearance in late October. Um, you know, one very easily um that was off a mark of 133 he's gone up obviously to 142 not insurmountable given the, ma the manner of that victory so i'll go wackle to keep the ball rolling cool yeah i mean there were some serious stats you were throwing at us then mm. Andrew. that was great well we've got so many small field odds on favorites not much to say <laughs> about them kind of races i thought where there was some interest i might actually uh, do a bit yeah. do a bit of research and uh, see what we can come up with where the opportunity arises exactly take it then with both hands yeah but wackle though 11 to 1 if you had to know your colors to the mass in this but you've given us plenty of angles though for people to to uh to see them in their own lights and to translate it to their own selections so fascinating race all the same and we are back to haydock now for the grade two coral hurdle for four-year-olds and over over two mile three at 240 where here he is, ladies and gentlemen. Drum roll, please. One of the most, if not probably, actually, if you did a cross-section survey, probably the most exciting horse in jump racing, Constitution Hill. We get to see him back out again. He has been declared because the ground is deemed to be soft enough for him by Nicky Henderson. Touch wood. Touch wood. We do get to see him. Uh, he is a short price favourite here, though, Andrew. So can anything get near him? Probably not fantastic uh, horse from what we've seen so far albeit he's only had three runs um bolting up in the um, supreme novices last time out um hopefully he will run and we won't get pictures of nicky walking the course on the morning of the race and saying oh no it's gone tacky or it's gone this it's yeah. gone that we're not going to run him he's up in trip um that's a potential chink in the armor if yes and he was at two miles three and a bit it's probably not going to stop him I, I think he'll probably end up winning you know very easily so uh Brewing Up a Storm was one that I, I think I napped or certainly was very keen on um, when we did the pod uh, a couple of weeks ago and um, he unseated it the first. Always annoying, isn't it? You just, you know, you just want to see your horse run, have a fair crack in the whip, whether they prove not to be good enough or not, it doesn't matter. But uh, so that was obviously... So he's going to run, yeah. Yeah, that, that was obviously disappointing. Goshen back over hurdles after his um, sort of chase debut debacle. Um, we won't be seeing him over fences again, I'm sure. You know, right-handed, small field, um, deep ground possibly by Saturday, you know, could suit him. Not beyond the realms of possibility that he you know, he runs a good race. For pleasure, new tread I wasn't, you know, I couldn't have. So, I mean, it's an afterthought for Brewing Up a Storm. I thought Constitution Hill probably wins, you know, maybe Goshen for the forecast if you're desperate to have a bet in the race, but not for me. Yeah, like so you don't have to have a bet in every single race anyway, but if you did want to, there's, there's an option and a way to play it anyway for Andrew. Rob, how do you play it? No, no bet for me. I think sometimes as a racing fan, you just got to sit there and enjoy it, haven't you? And you, like you say, you don't have to bet in every race. Um, I'll just be sat there on Saturday in the afternoon, hoping he, hoping he hacks up and goes on to better things. You know, you can't say that in front of Andrew, though. Daryl and I have said this before, that we're going to be purists <laughs> and we're just going to sit back and we're going to enjoy the action and for the love of the sport. And the cold killer Andrew there has to go in with an iron what? heart and say, no, play. <laughs> the, difference, the difference is Rob pays my wages and Daryl doesn't, you see. So I'm saying <laughs> I like to Daryl. 
<laughs> you can the, say whatever the, you want to him. He's now going to be known yeah. as the anti-Samson for the rest of the. The anti-Samson. <laughs> He'll come back to hashtag anti-Samson. What? <laughs> well, out of my own pocket, I just like to say it's not. It's not my money. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If anyone would like a handout, go to Rob. You know exactly where yeah. to find him now. Anyway, and Andrew's absolutely stitch repair of him up all in one go. <laughs> right. We'll just enjoy. Hopefully, Constitution Hill absolutely bolting up, showing his well-being. Then at Ascot, and uh, now though we have the big race of the weekend, though officially in the form of the Grade One Betfair Chase for five-year-olds and over, over three mile one and a half furlongs at three o'clock at Haydock, and we talk about horses in our last race that are sure thing surely a plutard is as well barring incident touch wood that won't happen um of course won this race in emphatic style last year gold cup winner as well so but from a betting perspective rob i'm gonna throw it back to you what do you do yeah i mean i saw four to six this morning on a plutard i thought that's absolutely ridiculous for horses when 22 lengths yeah i think it was on skyback that, that should be gone now but i think there's a bit of um bit of easing the betting because of the potential um, for a bit of rain, I've seen Bristol Demise gone in a little bit, but he's he's got to be too old, hasn't he, for this? Um, should have been retired last year, in my opinion. Um, the angle I would play for this, I think a Plutard wins. I mean, if he's four to six on the day, that would be near enough a max bet for me. But um, the angle that I will play for the purposes of responsible gambling would be um, El Dorado Allen. Uh, without the favourite or the or the forecast with the, with the Plutard, um, I think this is exactly the kind of race that he's just going to keep plugging on. They're they're going to go too fast up top. Um, Bristol Demine throwed on probably probably fold when a, Plut a Plutard goes past. And I think Eldorado Allen, he's done it so many times. He just picks up the pieces, doesn't he? Just keeps on going, jumps his fences, sneaks into second in the in the last sort of furlong or two he's done it with like the likes of shishkin you know last year and things like that he's, he's got a few seconds to his name in, in good races so yeah that that would be my play the the one two or, or without favorite market yeah yeah so like i say do just wait for those without the favorite markets then el dorado allen though currently 25 to one though anyway or or like i say if you wanted to play the forecast there there are some other ways so you don't have to be uh yeah you, if rob's got the the cold-hearted killer then in him as well for this race to uh, have the betting play in it so that's the way rob's playing it. andrew how do you play it yeah so uh a, a tricky one in terms of you know if you're not um you know wanting to wade into a blue tard at a short price i, I think he'll win um, you know, based on what he what he did last year, based on what you know what he generally does on left-handed tracks, the improvement he's shown recently. Interesting comments from Rachel Blackmore about you know how if she could have gone back, she'd have ridden ridden him differently in some of his previous races. Um, yeah, Bristol Demise is a difficult one. I, I think after last year's performance when he ran so badly in this, even though the ground was you know quicker than ideal, you have to think he's not up to the, this sort of class now. Is he, is he won something like one from his last thirteen starts? So I know people have made a case for backing him each way, but then if you're saying he's not going to be good enough to win, then you know you're kind of taking two to one on that he you know finishes second. You might as well just have a bet on him to finish exactly second or something like that. Mm. Um, Protectorate again bombed out last time. Had another wind up. Will he bounce back? Maybe, maybe not. We um, don't want to pay three to one to find out. Eldorado Allen was a horse I wrote Welsh National down as soon. So he wrote, I actually tapped using my fingers because I'm a modern guy. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, 
I, I know sort of he spent a lot of his sort of career over short trips, but the way he stayed on in the um, the Charlie Hall, I thought this has got Welsh National written all over. I was sort of hoping they didn't go for this and that he might rock up fresh for that race, thinking that maybe this will come a little bit too soon, just three weeks after his debut, after his sorry, a reappearance after, after, you know, a horse has gone well fresh in the past. But uh, again, I think if I was going to have one without a favourite, I would chance El Dorado, uh, Alan, uh, as well. And uh, I didn't like Frodon at all here, um, despite that win at Wincanton last time out. So I think, yeah, Aplutola will probably do what he did last year and absolutely demolish them. Um, so, you know, may maybe if you don't want to risk a forecaster without the favourite, just go for a, um, you know, uh, na name your distance Aplutola to win by half the track. Yeah, lots of ways to play, therefore. Like you say, so you can go for the distance bet then for a Plutard, which clearly by some of his wins is definitely not the worst way to play it. Like you say, that's kind of a trouble when you talk about a horse like Bristol Demay. If you want to side them each way, but you don't think he's good enough to win, you're basically throwing away half your bet, really, aren't you? Um, for the win purpose anyway. But then you've got Eldorado Allen for the forecast for exactly second, then fair price no matter what. So both of the lads in agreement on many respects in that contest. Now we do have a better betting race up next at Asker in the form of a handicap chase for four-year-olds and over over two miles and a half of Furlong at 315, where Edward Stone, Edward Stone, oh, that was weird, Edward Stone <laughs> bids to give away the weight back in a handicap. Things you love to see in this game, and I don't know why more trainers don't really run the graded horses in handicaps. Uh, but this is good to see, Andrew. So, who do you like? Yeah, this is a belting little race, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, fascinating to see what happens with um, you know, Edward Stone. Uh, although, again, it looks like an afterthought, doesn't it? Um, you know, potentially uh, that's going to be um, you know, a bit of a concern. But I wouldn't. I mean, you look at these sort of things. Three to one, Edward Stone. You know, I know he I know he bombed out last time, but you know, end of a long hard season. He won the Arkle uh, shortly beforehand. It's uh, no surprise to see him bounce back here and win this under a big weight. Um, um, Ferrero Bamboo Roche was the um, you know, <laughs> one I was looking at. I kind of sort of put myself off a bit looking at those um, you know Venetian stats, but you know he's he's had a run now, wasn't it? A solid effort behind uh, yeah. Time White over course and distance last time out. And I think you could make you know a good case for Time White again as well. You know he's you know, been here, done it already this season, hasn't he? You know, albeit on good ground. You know, they did pull him out on heavy ground last season and on soft. So it's a bit of a weather watch for that one. Um, third time lucky, jumped terribly, didn't he, in the, um, mm -hmm. the Hall and Gold Cup? I mean, he, he's not the, the first second season chaser to, you know, um, running that race on their reappearance, you know, quicker pace against more experienced, you know, proper top class rivals and come and stuck in the jumping department. Not, not beyond the realms of possibility that he could bounce back. And, and Moolah Gold, who usually runs Ascot so well, but um, was very disappointing behind Time White, um, finishing seventh, being 61 lengths. But the, the blinkers go on for the first time. And uh, when he wore cheek pieces for the first time, he finished second by a short head. That was uh, here at Ascot. Might even have been in this race, I think, last year. Um, so it's just a case of whether... You know, the, I mean, he's won on soft ground. He, he probably handles what we're going to get on Saturday. So I, I'd probably chance on Muller Gold, 20 to 1 in the first time blinkers. Not each way. It's, it's a kind of like, um, you know, uh, I was going to say shit or bust, but it's uh, a family <laughs> show, so I won't. But, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. so you best not. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go, yeah, I'll go a Muller Gold. It's, uh, yeah. A, a Muller Gold, though. Like, Tri the tricky races. 
it is, isn't it? Like say twenty to one, then a Moolah gold first time blinkers. If he takes back to that, going back, what was his? As you say, previously his favourite track. Anyway, but uh, some good shouts for a fair few of those, including the Pandas' favourite chocolate Ferrero bamboo. But who do you like, Rob? Yeah, I thought Edward Stone at the top of the market. I could not be having that for all the reasons Andrew mentioned, and also that his, his record's so bad, fresh. Um, this is like I said, it was not going to be an afterthought, um, so could not be having that. So it gives a bit of value elsewhere. Um, so Scottish is coming in a featherweight, um, in really good form, but he, he looked a bit of a tricky ride last time out in a, in a three runner race, so that, that put me off him. Um, the one that I really liked was was Time White. Um, he's a, he's a big old horse made for fences. Um, I think he's got some big races in him, like Andrew says, probably after. Keep, keep an eye on the weather and check it doesn't go too soft. But um, he showed last time that that he is a really good chaser. Um, Paul Nichols is flying at the moment. He's got everything, you know, schooled to death. Um, I think he's going to be rated a lot a, a lot higher in time over in time over over fences. Will time white? Um, he's won over course and distance. He's going to be fit for this. Um, I think there's loads in his favour, and and I was really keen on him at around six to one. Um, I think we've seen a few times in his in his career that he can be a really really classy horse he's won some races really impressively and um, it's just not consistent um and i'm hopefully i'm hoping that he's going to find that this year that bit of consistency where he's going to string a few few races together so yeah i, I i'm with time white and I'm, I'm quite keen on him yeah completely fair he does seem to be growing up doesn't he time yeah. white where before i mean it was this time last year where he tried to run out wasn't it at the well, he did effectively at the first yeah. And uh, and like I said, I've always had a bit of an issue with him at the back of my mind because of that. But to be fair to him, agree with the pair of you that I think he is just maturing the whole time anyway. So, yeah, 11 to 2 then for time white for Rob. And our final scheduled race is the 3.35 at Haydock, where we have a 0-145 handicap chase for four-year-olds and over over three mile one and a half furlongs. So the same course and distance as the Betfair chase. Another very open contest. So, Rob, back to you, please. Who do you like? Sure, I thought it was, this, this was interesting. Um, all the last 10 renewals, they were 10 to 1 or shorter. So looking for something closer to the top of the betting. Um, also, it's this three miles at Haydock does take a little bit of getting. And um, I, I was keen to avoid something that was coming off a layoff, maybe something that had had a run and, and had fitness. The last three winners of this have all had a run. Um, so that that was sort of the criteria that I was looking looking at. So I was looking at something with a little bit of class at the sort of top of the handicap. Um, and I and I came on the joint top weight Lord de Mesnil. Um, mm. Has had a run. We've seen a lot of top weights this season winning the bit winning the big handicaps. We saw that with Frodo on, and the, there's been numerous others at the start at the start of this season. Um, he stays absolutely all day long. He stays further than this. He's won at three miles four on 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 soft ground. Um, he'll love the love the bit of rain that's come. Um, he's had his prep run, which was a good second. So that's another tick in the box. Um, yeah, I thought it was an outstanding bet for me. Um, I think his class is going to shine through. You know he's going to get out. He's going to go out in front. He's going to jump well. There might be something better handicapped than him, but it's, he's, I, I just think he's just going to get out there, jump him silly um, over Haydock as well. It's not it's not the place you want to you want to get left behind. Um, and and let's see if anything can catch him because because I thought it was a really good bet. Yeah, Lord O'Neill, six to one, then back at this course and distance again, like I say, stayed all day this lad. Really, really likable horse then for Rob. Andrew, who do you like? Yeah, not many of them, really. I mean, um, longer term musical slave uh, is, is interesting. You know, since the cheap pieces went on, he's had um, 
two runs, a, a win, and that uh, second to Uick uh, in the Bet365 Gold Cup. Five of his six wins have come in March, April, or May, though, so maybe he's a spring horse. He did win on um, New Year's Day once, but you just worry about uh, you know a horse at seven to one whether there's bigger fish to fry in the spring, and it could be a case of you know he's going to need this. It's what he's won for later in the season. Um, look, yeah, Lord de Manila, I, I did a really good look at because of his sort of love of Haydock. It was just that last time he ran here in February when he completely bombed out of a three and a half. Probably a bit harsh to sort of judge him on that, but he, he's the sort of early mover, sevens into sixes. I could see him going well. Houston, Texas, time and time again, you see these Nicky Richards horses who sort of come a little bit south after sort of running it air and Kelso and Carlisle and uh, uh, and bomb out. And I just wonder with his last three runs having sort of taking place at Carlisle with a Haydock's going to be his cup of tea. So I was thinking he's probably short enough. It's, he's probably priced up solely on his last time, you know, his recent form figures. Um, Fontaine Collange um, has also been nibbled out sixes from sevens. Again, Venetia Williams after a 302-day break. Um, some slight note of caution from what we discussed earlier on, but I still want Fontaine Collange on my shortlist. Um, Truckers Lodge wasn't out of it, and uh, I was tempted to take a, a chance on Rapper, which is, I think is the way I'm, go I'm going to go um, for Henry Daly. His horse has been running well. Six winners from 16 runners in the past fortnight as we record this, and um, does often go well second time back or second or after a break. So um, despite having only finished ninth at Ascot last time, that was when it was a 40 to one shot. That was a hot race. So um, you know, in the hope that he's you know, ridden fairly prominently. I mean, you, you look at his last couple of wins, chase leader, sat in second place early and is sort of in touch with leaders. So when he's had sort of smallish fields, he tends to race up where, up there. When, it, when it's big fields, he tends to get shuffled back. Perhaps he's, you know, he's a scorpion after all, a bit quirky. Perhaps he doesn't like, uh, he can't fight to hold his position in big fields. So there's not a million runners. So, you know, rapper 16 to 1, given the form of the yard, maybe he can outrun his odds. Yeah, definitely. So like I say, Henry Daly are having a really good time with things. Jimmy the Digger and such like um, as well. So yeah, rapper 16 to 1 then for you, Andrew, in what is pretty open race, all things considered, but both for lads taking on Houston, Texas at the head of the market. Now that's all of our scheduled races done. So Andrew, I'll throw it back to you, please, for anything from anywhere else. Uh, not at this point. No, to keep an eye on my column, as we always say, because there'll probably be uh, something in there on Saturday. Definitely do. Wise words there to look at the column. Rob, anything from anywhere else? No, I'll just be reading Daryl and Andrew's column. <laughs> Enjoying that like the rest of us. Yeah, like the rest of us and just lifting all of their work for my own is what I shall be doing. <laughs> so, Rob, then I'll throw it back to you, please. So you can't lift it off of Andrew. What's your nap? Yeah, Lord de Mesnil. Menil. Sorry, I'm Lord. not. I can't pronounce it. You're, you're, you're probably right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take my pronunciation as, uh, <laughs> as, as being right. Anything could happen. So, uh, Lord yeah. Cool, Lord Dominio. Then in the race we just discussed there in the three thirty-five at Haydock and Andrew. Any other pronunciations for you? And what's your nap? I'll go Wakul in the big race. That's um, well, I say the big race as in the numerically big race, the two twenty-five at Haydock, um, the bet, the bet first stairs race. Uh, given those sort of you know 10 wins all places from 10 runs in the cheap pieces perhaps gone a little bit under the radar being trained by nick alexander yeah oh darn you completely got in my race before me so because i can't do constitution hill i can't go plutard i can't go long press I might just go and travel for that but no i'm, I'm gonna yeah, go to the same race 
I might as well do, to be honest with you. I think all three of them will win. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, but I best not. I best just nail my colours for Master One Horse. I'm going to go head-to-head -head with you, Andrew, going to the same race, the 225 at Haydock. And I'll go run for Oscar, who's a much shorter price. I'd probably prefer to go with Andrew, sit with Wackle. But run for Oscar then for Charles Burns for me. So thank you so much to the lads for all of their hard work. Thank you to Rob for standing in for Daryl this week. To Andrew, as he's always here, big thank you to you. Thank you so much for watching. Enjoy this weekend's action and best of luck with your selections.